Hello, and welcome to the Heal in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Marie, a certified trauma-informed coach and complex trauma survivor. Along my own healing journey, I found music to be both a supportive tool for processing emotions and a source of solace and comfort during tough times. On this show, I'm breaking down popular songs through the lens of trauma recovery, healing, and personal growth. So let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Heal and Harmony podcast. I am here with a guest today named Marissa. Marissa has been my internet friend for quite a few years now, which is really awesome. I feel like we kind of connected really early on in both of our like Instagram journeys and our mental health advocacy and coaching journeys. So it's been really cool to have an internet friend for so long. And I will just give Marissa a chance to introduce herself. Yay. Hi, I'm Marissa. And yes, it has been so fun kind of growing on Instagram with you and seeing your growth and progress and just the amazing things you're doing with your platform, um, which is so cool. I definitely look up to you and admire you and just love the work you're doing. And I'm just so excited that you asked me to be on your podcast as well. Um, It's so funny because before we started recording, I was telling Emmy that I'm actually kind of nervous because I haven't been a guest on a podcast for a really long time, but I do co-host my own podcast called Mental Health Multiverse, where in the same way that Emmy kind of uses currently Taylor Swift songs and lyrics to break down um, and relate it to healing and um, like surviving abuse and healing from abuse and things like that. Um, my co-host Heather and I, we take movies pop culture media and kind of do the same thing so our last season which actually just wrapped which is so wild to say um we focused on empowering disney heroines so disney princesses and non-princesses um like jane and kita and megara and and things like that so that's been really fun um and as emmy mentioned i'm like semi-coaching right now um I'm in a little bit of like a reconstructing, rebranding phase, but I am hoping to have a self-paced course by March of 2024. So yay. Oh, um, anyway, awesome. that's that's me. Oh, and I guess the most, most important thing y'all should know about me is that I am a big Swifty. So <laughs> I'm very, very excited to talk about this. Yay. Yeah, it's been really fun having this podcast and kind of seeing people in my like online friendship sphere come out of the woodwork as being taylor (laughs) swift fans or like all of a sudden just revealing themselves like i definitely knew you were but um yeah it's been fun to connect with people in kind of a different capacity instead of just like solely talking about mental health or even just business stuff it's it's fun to let our inner swifties hang out so (laughs) and then that's that's what we say too like on our podcast and our work is like sometimes starting with a thing that is quote unquote fun or funner or just like easy it it using Taylor Swift or using media or movies or whatever mm, something yeah. that you really enjoy as a like a vehicle to kind of go deeper and do that work makes it feel a lot easier and safer than just like diving in and figuring That's out so that. true. That is such a great point that I don't feel like I've ever fully um articulated or really understood (laughs) internally is just yeah the value of talking about hard stuff through the lens of media uh or something interesting something lighter 
Brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. All right, cool. So our conversation today is going to be on the song The Way I Loved You, which is from Taylor's 2008 album, Fearless. So a bit of a throwback here compared to some of the songs I've analyzed in the recent past of this podcast. Um, so yeah, we're just going to go ahead and dive right in with the verse, the first verse. So I will go ahead and read that for everyone. Obviously, feel free to go back and listen to the song if you want a little refresher before we dive into the lyrics. So it starts by saying, he is sensible and so incredible and all my single friends are jealous. He says everything I need to hear and it's like I couldn't ask for anything better. He opens up the door and I get into his car and he says, you look beautiful tonight and I feel perfectly fine. So I'm going to stop there, even though it's kind of an awkward point to stop, just because that's enough to talk about. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we don't really know the twist yet, I guess. But (laughs) to begin, I feel like I'm noticing, you know, she's setting up this guy to essentially sound like a perfect man or a perfect partner in general. Uh, Very courteous and seems very stable. Yeah. What are you picking up on this? No, I... I (laughs) I agree. I'll probably have more mm-hmm. to say when we jump into the next part. Yeah, but yeah, it's I think it, yeah, he just sounds like a, a great person, great guy. Um, I yeah. do kind of like the line, um, all my single friends are jealous. I don't know why. That just feels um, very, I mean, in 2008, I was in middle school. And not that yeah. we were like heavily dating or anything, but that <laughs> like, I don't know, they're especially in tv shows around that time it was all about like who you're dating matters yes and like whether it's the jock or whatever um yeah yeah that line is just kind of funny to me yeah (laughs) totally yeah i think it's interesting because it's actually touching on um the reality that we do look to our friends or to just our peers in general for kind of validation or Mm -hmm. acceptance. And so the thought that all my single friends are jealous is, you know, adding to this idea that this guy is really, really, really objectively great, which we're going to find out in a second is not quite good enough at this point. But, you know, she's setting it up that like, everyone's jealous of me because of him, um, which is, yeah, a real influence on the way we think of things. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and keep going because it all starts to make sense. Uh, (laughs) So now we're transitioning into the chorus that we'll hear a couple times where she says, I'm okay. So, and I feel perfectly fine, but I miss screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain. We're dancing. You can't see us, but it's happening. Um, (laughs) It's 2 a.m. and I'm cursing your name. So in love that you act insane. And that's the way I loved you. All right, I'll stop there and we'll keep going after that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's kind of the <laughs> the twist. Um, yeah, because I like you said, I think she's looking in the first verse. There's a lot of external validation, a lot of it, what sounds to me a little bit like telling herself like this is a good guy. Like, look, mm. all my friends are jealous. All my friends are saying he's a great guy. He does all of these things. And yet I and she says, I feel perfectly fine. But right. You know, right. and I, I think that's something a lot of people can relate to, especially, as you know, um, in romantic relationships when you've had, how do I want to say, like a very influential relationship that set these expectations or ideas of how love mm. is expressed mm. and received and kind of given in a relationship. 
and then you get out of it and then you're like okay cool but and then there's just this like and you can't quite figure out why there's this like unsettling I think that's what I'm looking for this kind of like unsettled feeling and I think just the two parts that you've read so far already set that up for for listeners which I think is really interesting yeah that was very well said um yeah, I think it's really interesting. Like, how do you said? I feel like the beginning verse is kind of her talking to herself. You're exactly right. And sort of all these objective facts of like, okay, everything I need to hear, he says it. You know, mm-hmm. he's so incredible. Um, I couldn't ask for anything better. Almost like I shouldn't ask for anything better. He opens up the door for me, says I'm beautiful, all great. But, and I feel perfectly fine. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fine. But I actually miss all the chaos of my previous relationship, screaming, fighting, oh, and kissing in the rain, kind of <laughs> starting to clue us into the high highs and low lows thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then also so in love that you act insane. And that's the way I loved you. So yeah, starting to kind of display to us that this person in the past, the way she loved them was this very chaotic kind of love that involved- Very you intense, know, yeah. Yeah, very intense, screaming, fighting, kissing, loving you know all all happening in once compared to this new relationship that seems um more stable (laughs) yes like he's he's opening the door for her and he's calling her beautiful and and all it's just like very polar opposites and the kissing in the rain just reminds me of like (laughs) i mean so many many pieces of media and tv shows (laughs) yeah the notebook or the cinderella story when Mm, they kiss on the football field and the rain oh, yeah. comes after a drought in the desert, whatever. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, the intensity that just not even that, yeah, just intense, very, very intense. Yes. All right. Yeah. So, continuing with the chorus, breaking down and coming undone, it's a roller coaster kind of rush. And I never knew I could feel that much. And that's the way I loved you. Talking about this past guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, the thing that comes to me is just like, teenage hormones man like (laughs) how you hear about these things about love and what you think love is or supposed to look like or supposed to feel Mm -hmm. like and then you experience it and because you're kind of experiencing it for the first time it it feels like a rush um a rush of emotions and then a rush in the sense of like the relationship is like a rush right Uh, um again the the roller coaster thing the ups and downs high high low lows and things like that um and that's not to say that I don't it's I don't what am I trying to say I don't think that she didn't actually genuinely love this person but and maybe I'm skipping ahead to the end here but I think she is and I keep saying she even though you know I could be Taylor, could be a fictional yeah, uh, person because right. she likes to do a lot of storytelling. In the her protagonist songs. of the song. Yes, there we go. The <laughs> protagonist of the song, I think, is um, unlearning a lot of what she has perceived is love or has been mm. told to believe is loved, um, which is why then she feels a little complacent maybe with this uh, new person because it's not what she thought it was, what what she thought love was supposed to be and she doesn't even say that she I mean we've only read one verse about this current yeah. person but there's no love there there's definitely right. she says love for this past person and she's like right. I don't know this guy's fine but yeah. it's not 
it's not what uh, I currently believe and perceive as love. So right. Awesome. Yeah, well put. Yeah, so I think it's interesting because I think this song could certainly be relevant to someone who basically just had a really intense first relationship. Um, yeah, maybe as a teenager and then, you know, it ended with heartbreak and then they went and moved on and and are experiencing what the song is about. But for me, with you know, my perspective of being a survivor of like intimate partner violence and abuse, I like I can read this song in a more kind of extreme way or see like how, you know, attachment systems all operate with this. And so, you know, to, to add a little bit of that perspective to this, um, you know, this, what she's describing right now could be seen also as the cycle of abuse, where essentially mm -hmm. you, they have really high highs, uh, the roller coaster kind of rush sort of portraying the love bombing phase where you're just like falling in love so quick you never knew you could feel that much you're completely infatuated everything is wonderful and then uh-oh what about the screaming the fighting the cursing his name acting mm -hmm. insane like the guy you know if you're with someone that makes you feel insane sure that can just happen when you really love someone um, but it can also happen when you are being gaslit or controlled or humiliated like there's all sorts of abusive things that happen that can make you feel insane. So I'm not trying to project that experience onto Taylor, but more just interpreting that through my lens. And, you know, some people in the audience can resonate um, probably. Uh, so yeah, I feel like that's um, another way to look at this is like, she is struggling being in a new relationship because the one in the past conditioned her to this cycle of like a roller coaster of high highs and low lows and your nervous system can get kind of hooked on that and so when you get mm -hmm. out of it um a healthy relationship can feel extremely boring or uncomfortable yeah and i think also kind of normalizing that it makes sense you might quote unquote miss the rush yes. and miss the roller yeah. coaster um but then also knowing like even though you miss it you know it's not serving you like the both and can yeah. exist there yeah oh great yes exactly i i definitely feel like taylor does a fantastic job of normalizing experiences like that like missing someone who was very toxic for your well-being um to the point of you know abuse or violence like you can still miss that person and that doesn't make you crazy or you know, deserving mm -hmm. of it in any way. It's it's really normal to attach to people, even if they are um, making your life a living hell. So, been there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it's not even missing like the 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 abuse and and stuff. I think it's missing the comfortability almost and the familiarity, just because. Yeah. And you you know you and I have talked a lot in our own work and in the trainings that we've had about nervous system, and you mentioned it. Like your nervous system kind of gets attached to it, and so. Yeah. Uh, your nervous system and your brain has developed ways and coping me mechanisms in surviving that certain relationship or dynamic. So it makes sense that when you're trying to leave or trying to get into a different, uh, maybe quote unquote, healthier, stable dynamic, your nervous system is like freaking out because you're like, I don't know how to do this. We've never done this before. I understand how to navigate the stressful stuff. I don't know how to navigate right. The stuff where he's opening the door and calling me yeah. beautiful yeah. and being yep. mm -hmm. charming and perfectly fine. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, what to do right. here. Yeah. Right. right. I don't fit in this new paradigm of security and stability. I actually belong in the dysfunctional relationship. So, 
you know, I missed that because I knew where, what my role is in that. Um, yeah, trying to, holding space for that at the same time, holding space for the fact that it was ruining your life takes like a lot of, uh, I don't know if skill is the right word, practice, like it's, it's not easy. Definitely. So if you've ever yeah. struggled with that, we definitely see you. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of developing emotional intelligence, self-awareness, bravery, because I, it, mm -hmm. again, this is a cycle of abuse that you are breaking and it doesn't happen yeah. just by saying like, okay, I'm done. You know, if right. it were that easy, I mean, I would be out of jobs. Like, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have our coaching certifications. We wouldn't need therapists. Right. We wouldn't need coaches. If we could just say like, okay, I'm done. I'm I'm done following this pattern, this behavior, this cycle of whatever. Then yeah. cool. But unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't work that way. And sometimes it it takes a lot of work, energy, intention. Um, and that's support. okay. So I it's support. Yeah. And I think yeah. all I'm trying to say there is that like if it takes longer than a Taylor Swift song to get yeah. out of the school yeah. of abuse, that's okay. And it takes time. It's even if you find yourself in the same situation, it doesn't mean you've like reverted or regressed or haven't made progress. Now you're aware of the fact that you're in that situation and you can make different decisions um, mm. moving forward. So you're not entirely back in square one. You're just you're kind of like, you know, it's like a spiral. Um, right. Not so much like yeah. a, a circle, I guess, because it's still moving upward. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah you're yeah, you're beautiful. Uh, you're learning. You got this. Very encouraging. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So yeah, now let's go on to the next verse. So she continues describing a new guy here. He respects my space and never makes me wait. And he calls exactly when he say when he says he will. He's close to my mother, talks business with my father. He's charming and endearing and I'm comfortable. But yeah, so we'll just start there and then we'll yeah. move on to the chorus again. But now we have the context that we understand that this is something that she's, you know, trying to um, experience something new uh, in this kind of relationship. And it is challenging and she's missing the old, the old ways. Mm -hmm. I like how he, oh, oh, excuse me, how she describes yeah. this new person in contrast to the old relationship, how he's respectful mm. and gets along with her parents. And, yeah. uh, and I think the big part that stands out to me is like, he is true to his word about mm -hmm. calling, like following through on the things that he, he says he will and doesn't ever, uh, doesn't show that he's someone that she has to question I think because mm. it sounds like a lot of the past relationship was a lot of like uncertainty um, and again right. she has figured out how to navigate that and still love this person in spite or despite I never really know the difference between those two phrases um <laughs> how to love that person um uh in spite, what am I trying to say? In spite or despite the uncertainty and the questioning and never really knowing what to expect. Um, again, that roller coaster kind of rush. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well put. Um, yeah, it's interesting because so she's she's outlining these things of like he respects my space, never makes me wait. Yeah, she's describing someone that is consistent, stable, has boundaries. And I, too, got into a relationship with someone that acted this way, you know, had boundaries, was consistent, 
followed through and it made me tremendously uncomfortable when I was used to the chaos of a dysfunctional to abusive relationship. Um, so what I'm pulling from this is, you know, within her yeah, nervous system or her just body mind system, um, there's a correlation between comfort, you know, her saying I'm comfortable at the comfort is correlated with this idea that something is wrong. Like it's, it's, it's sending a message that like, um, not necessarily I'm not safe here, but maybe I don't belong here or I need to find something to fix. Or like there's something is being fired off within her, um, from this stability and security that's saying, you know, there's a problem here when other people such as her friends who are jealous are looking on and saying, wow, you have a perfect relationship or this guy is really perfect and wonderful. And I think that experience of feeling unsettled or feeling like something's wrong when everyone else sees perfection is so profoundly isolating and debilitating and can actually lead people to going back to those kind of toxic or harmful partners um, or just, mm -hmm. you know, repeating the cycle with someone new. So, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of shame uh in exactly what you're describing of like why can't i uh why can't i be happier yeah. in this relationship i should be right. more than just comfortable i should be infatuated with this person like my friends are expecting me to you know um right. and yeah exactly what you said that sometimes the shame can get the better of us and tell us that we don't belong in something so quote unquote good and that we mm -hmm. deserve the the other stuff um right yeah yeah right absolutely yeah yeah it's really interesting because as you were saying that it reminded me of the phenomenon of relationship anxiety uh, i don't know if phenomenon mm -hmm. is the correct word mm -hmm. but the experience of relationship anxiety which can manifest as this constant like picking apart or looking for flaws in your partner who is generally very safe and stable because your brain is kind of used to always having a problem to solve, always having um, an apology to make or a fire to put out or something to deal with when you're in one of those high intensity, high conflict, toxic relationships. And so when you get mm -hmm. with someone who's actually stable and safe, there can be this huge void of kind of drama or um, conflict that you are used to solving and so your brain is like you know kind of flabbergasted by that and starts trying to find problems in your current partnership to fixate on and that's something that i've experienced for years um you know i've been in a relationship now for seven years with someone very safe and stable like party one of this song uh and so <laughs> that's happened to me so many times where i'm like i am you know just hyper focused on anything i can find wrong with this man because there kind of isn't anything really wrong you know like there's little things of course because everyone's human but like you know my brain will turn it into a whole story so if you relate yeah. to that experience anyone listening uh please know that i see you <laughs> yeah yeah and i think even to um the the thing that came to mind when you were talking about that is the taylor tomlinson special where she was mm. um talking about the conversation she had with her therapist and her therapist was like, well, maybe you're a self-fulfilling prophecy where yeah. you expect people to treat you like crap. So you look for all the reasons or all of the the signs that they are treating you like crap. And it it fits that narrative. And that's what right. our brain does. Our, our brains are very, very pattern seeking and narrative focused. So if the narrative is I deserve to be treated like crap or right. um, which I you don't deserve it. But, you know, yeah. that's just yeah. sometimes how we um the narrative that that we embody because of past experiences, our upbringing, whatever, um, 
And so we look for all of those things, right? We're like, oh, he did this thing or they did this thing. So it reaffirms the perspective I have on myself. But then when we're in this healthier, more stable relationship where we're being complimented, we're being treated nicely, we're being treated in a way that we don't see ourselves, it's like, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the narrative. So of course, we're going to push it away. Yes, well said. And I I think it's something that I know so well now, but there was certainly a time where I didn't. And so I, I, yeah, I hope this is helpful for anyone that's like never really thought of this or, you know, is coming back to it because I feel like having this awareness of like, okay, I am pushing away someone really good because I'm not Mm -hmm. used to, this is a new experience for me to feel comfortable in a relationship or to feel secure. Um, I hope that can be helpful for you you know, getting to match your actions with your intentions and your values. Yeah. All um, right. Real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Can I just throw in a little bit too about relationship anxiety while we're kind of on that topic? Yeah. I think even yes. if you haven't had that roller coaster or that the polar opposite experiences, um, it's also very normal to experience relationship anxiety when if you've had relatively consistently, quote unquote, good relationships. Because I think also to our society, uh, capitalism hustle hustle culture whatever you want to attribute to it tells us that there's always something better whether it's within ourselves or our relationship or our lives like we could be doing something better we could have the better paying job we could have the better house the better relationship the better car blah 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 so even if you haven't had tip the the experience that we are talking about in relation to this song I just want to normalize that it's very common to feel that way even if you are happy And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the relationship. It's just something, you know, we hear from external voices, society, family, friends, whatever. Um, And I think my encouragement would be to, well, maybe sign up for Emmy's one-on-one coaching program and, um, (laughs) and do a little bit of reflection and just remind yourself that like, this is good. And maybe should something better come along, I can cross that bridge when I get there. But I don't need to really worry about that right now when things right now are good. They're good. Yeah, (laughs) right. Like returning to the present moment, I feel like is so much of the yes work. um, And it's not simple as it sounds. But yeah, (laughs) that is such a great point. Oh, my God. So true. Like we are so conditioned to constantly try to improve and better ourselves and never be satisfied. And that's definitely something I've been working with tremendously. Mm -hmm. So thanks for naming that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. So I'm not going to repeat the chorus because it's the exact same. Um, But yeah, as just a little reminder, she misses the screaming, the fighting, the ups and downs, the roller coaster. That's the way she loved him, the guy from the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool. So now continuing on to, I think, is the bridge. So he can't see the smile I'm faking and my heart's not breaking because I'm not feeling anything at all. And you were wild and crazy, just so frustrating, intoxicating, complicated, got away by some mistake. And now returning to the chorus, I miss screaming and fighting, kissing in the rain. So in love that I acted insane. And that's the way I loved you. Mm There's, there's, so many different thoughts running through my head, but the main one is just that this is this bridge is reaffirming and validating kind of everything we've talked about so far um, yeah. about how he's great, but it doesn't fit her narrative. And so yeah. she's 
she's not really feeling anything. And I think it's not even so much that she's not feeling anything. I just think she's not feeling as intensely as she did with the past person. So, of course, right. in contrast, it doesn't feel right. like anything. Um, right. She's right. kind of using very, like, absolute uh, sure. all or nothing um, uh, terminology here. Yeah, yeah language here. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting that she's like faking smiles but she's not sad but she's not exactly i don't know happy um right but, but she just misses the intense feelings of that past relationship yes yes yeah i wrote numb towards this guy in comparison when it says because i'm not feeling anything at all so yeah um, that reminds me of the um kind of like the window of tolerance I think mm. I'm not sure if that's something yeah. you've talked about on this podcast specifically, but I know it's come up in your work um, of you might be able to say it more eloquently. But the <laughs> what I'm thinking is that her window of tolerance has shifted toward more of the um, oh, my God, there's like hypo and hyper hypo is yeah. when you're below your window of tolerance. And that's kind of like in terms of um, mental health. That's kind of like when you're unmotivated, can't really get about your day to day. And then hyper is kind of that like intense, manic feeling. Um, and everything is just like very chaotic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Fight or flight, um, I guess. And then hypo would be freeze. Um, and then it feels like her window of tolerance has definitely shifted up toward that, that yes. hyper. So even if... I don't know, the relationship is like fine and she might be feeling, you know, positive things. It's not so intense and it it doesn't like reach her window of tolerance, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Such so well said. Yeah, it's interesting because I've I definitely like don't retain this information super easily, but I read a book about addiction that basically described how like when you start a substance, even something like caffeine, you know, you might drink one cup of coffee and be like bouncing off the walls. Um, mm-hmm. but then as you continue to consume that substance over and over, it it takes more and more of that stimulation or of that substance to bring you to that same sensation of feeling very energized, right. motivated, whatever. And so thinking about that in the context of relationships, like I'm, I don't walk around saying like we get addicted to relationships, but I think it's a useful metaphor and I can certainly mm. feel that way uh, for personal experience. But yeah, if you're used to this like very high intensity and you get, you're able to handle it at a certain point where like you can handle the high highs and low lows that if it would have started at the beginning like that, you would have probably said, you know, no, thank you, maybe. But by the time you're <laughs> yeah. deep into it, it's like, yeah, this is what love is. I'm, I'm used to it. This is normal. And so when you're kind of withdrawing from that, so to speak, and you're with someone who is moderate and gentle <laughs> and yeah. consistent and secure, your whole system is like, I'm sorry, where is the drama? Where is the frustration, intoxication, complication of the old yeah. guy? Like why? Um, I don't know what to do with this. And it feels numb and comparison or it feels boring or it feels uh wrong yeah. and not right to yes like the the alarm bells start going off in the I like how you said moderate because that's definitely yeah. what it, it sounds like in this song the alarm bells start going off in this moderate relationship because it's like we've never done this but the bells are silent during the 
the more intense relationship because it's like oh yeah right. yeah yeah we know how to navigate this because we've been doing it for for however right. long um right. and something you said reminded me uh, uh what you said about like not necessarily getting addicted to relationships but I think there's this this idea that I don't necessarily agree with that can come up on social media especially um about how you like attract these certain mm. partners unless you heal yourself and do the inner work or whatever <laughs> and I don't necessarily yeah. love that idea because it's not right. that you're attracting these people again I think it's just our nervous system knows how to navigate those things um and not even just r- romantic relationships but I think even um relationships with like parents and caregivers because they're our first mm-hmm. experience of love right both right. in how they loved us and how we observed love in that dynamic so right. if it was intense and there was a lot of um, chaos, uncertainty, high highs, low lows, then as we grow up, no, like having this idea of like, oh, this is what love is, or even being told, like, I hurt you because I love you, right? I think that's something many of us have heard, which sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're unlearning it. And I love this generation for doing it and doing the work. Yay, cycle breakers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but as we, we grow up, we have this idea of this is what, this is what love is. So, when yeah. we're dating and we're feeling out people, of course, we tend to gravitate more toward the people that feel intense, that feel like yeah. they'll match the the narrative that we have been conditioned to believe is is um, right. is love. Yeah. 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 I think the conversation about attraction is really interesting because I get the impression that, you know, you're probably attracting lots of different people, like people who are gonna mimic that people who aren't gonna mimic that but what are the kinds of people that you are attracted to you know Mm -hmm. like it may be Mm -hmm. you're logically saying oh yeah i really want someone stable but then you actually get around someone stable and you feel no attraction because it doesn't give you that hit of you know dopamine Mm -hmm. or whatever happens to our brains when we get used to these inconsistent and sort of intoxicating relationships um so yeah i actually wrote in my notes inconsistency made you some inconsistency made you something to chase and get addicted to what i mean by that Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. um yeah that inconsistency was a moving target there wasn't everything anything ever to rely on so it invited a chase and if you are already someone with more of that anxious attachment style and you are seeking someone to kind of affirm your existence with their care and attention and you're used to that being really inconsistent like maybe a caregiver or something that you know some primary relationship figure you're already primed to reach outside of yourself and chase after someone to try to almost convince them to you know give a damn about you and then if you get someone that actually just does you don't know how to take that in because your entire life you have just been chasing after it. So to actually sit still and take in love and care from the stable, stable and secure person is like, what? Like, it's so uncomfortable and yeah. confusing. It kind of reminds me of gambling where, you know, <laughs> you might get the, you might win. You might, yeah. I don't, clearly I don't gamble because I don't even know what it means when you like... <laughs> Me either. And you're like you might win. Like up. <laughs> yeah, 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 you win, up. Yeah, you win, but it's yeah. not quite the jackpot. So anyway, then then right. you keep 
throwing more money at it and then you hit the low and you're like damn so in order for me to get back up again i gotta throw more money at it um Mm. or you know money equals energy in the terms of a relationship or Mm -hmm. um yep yeah effort trying effort pleading exactly yeah Yeah. and then so you're up again and you're like oh my gosh this is amazing i did it and then you throw more energy into it and boom you're back maybe you're back you know that again that roller coaster um kind of rush so i think that's really that's really interesting yeah that's a very good metaphor okay yeah so the end of the way this song is basically just repeating the chorus and yeah very catchy with the that's the way i loved you never knew it ends with never knew i could feel that much and that's the way i loved you and i just want to add a little bit something about that because i am 10 years out of an abusive relationship and like seven years out of a seven and a half years out of like my last kind of like toxic dysfunctional relationship and Mm -hmm. I'm still doing the work of kind of grieving the fact that I felt so much back then. And it's kind of compounded by the fact that those relationships, especially the first one, directly led to, for me, a huge life-altering kind of freeze response, dissociation from my emotions. Um, And so, you know, an experience of numbness and avoidant attachment kind of came over me so Mm -hmm. there's that whole aspect but simply even just thinking more about the context of the song with like i felt so much then i don't feel as much now like you're allowed to be sad about that like that gets to have space in your relationship like i just married the guy that is the stable one and it's not like i walk up to him every day and i'm like oh i miss when i was so over the moon infatuated with my abusive ex like i never say that shit to him but like in my personal work and obviously i'm saying it publicly on a podcast like i don't think there's any shame in it like this is what happens like it's okay and even if you're just like i just miss how much i loved my first love i don't know if i'll ever love someone like that again like Mm -hmm. that's okay you're allowed to feel those things it doesn't mean you're a horrible person who doesn't appreciate your partner and it doesn't mean you should run back to them either you know like trust the knowing that led you to this safe and secure person um but yeah just like it's okay to grieve kind of the loss of really intense feeling that you might have had in a relationship that wasn't ultimately the best one for you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's such a good point i think just normalizing grief and and like we kind of said at the beginning of the episode it's okay to be sad about not being with that person it's okay to miss them and again that both and and reaffirming to yourself that that relationship was not serving you in the long run because I think the other thing too is we are such instant gratification focused yeah so it makes sense that like because there was this intensity in the short term it was like oh my gosh this is amazing but then as the years go on or even months and thinking about the long term you're like wow I'm exhausted from this constant up and down roller coaster rush um right yeah yeah. exhausted is like the on the good end of the spectrum compared to like (laughs) mentally destroyed or you know like um physically wrecked or whatever like yeah um yeah there's so many so many ways that being with someone who feels like a roller coaster rush can ruin everything um so yeah wherever you're at on that spectrum you know it's all valid and like you still get to matter like you still matter no matter if your situation was like extremely toxic and painful or not 
um if you miss your yeah. ex even if you know they weren't the one for you you are valid <laughs> and it makes yes. sense and you deserve love you deserve the yeah. love that makes you feel truly wholly yeah. loved right. even if the love you think you deserve is not that but we're here right. to remind you that you are deserving of yeah of love yeah yeah and I think once you actually like address the fact that like I miss the drama. I miss the ups and downs. I miss the intensity. There's actually so many creative solutions you can bring into your life to get that thrill in a way that doesn't derail your mental health. So for me, a big one is definitely like um, media, like shows, movies, books that bring the drama, like bring the relational drama, like something like Love Island or, you know, another reality <laughs> dating show or like Bridgerton books or whatever, like stuff that has like volatile romance in it. So you can like kind of in a lesser way experience those ups and downs without it actually being about your life um, and your partnerships. And there's all sorts of other ways you can, you know, do that, obviously, but those are just some examples for me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Just kind of like experiencing it, but at a distance where right. you, it's kind of like setting a boundary where you have the agency and choice of turning it on or off of like, okay, I yeah. want to experience this thing now. I'm going to turn on the bachelor i'm gonna turn on love yeah. island i'm gonna turn on love is blind and yeah. okay i'm done with it so i'm gonna yeah. you know take my step back and yeah. live the life that yeah. is my reality and stuff yeah, yeah that's such a good point yeah and i'm also thinking like if you wanted it to be more within the context of your actual relationship doing something that takes you both out of your comfort zone like um i don't know ballroom dancing or <laughs> like some sort of extreme sport or something or you know there's so many yeah. different ways that you could you know experience more of a, a thrill of the unknown or yeah bring and bond some with your in. yeah and bond yeah and bond with your partner without even needing to open up the door for the quote-unquote toxic stuff um right as entertaining as reality tv can be yeah. <laughs> right yeah not like applying it to your life <laughs> Yeah. if you yeah. know that's not where you're at anymore <laughs> exactly exactly awesome um a thought I had that came up real quick yeah. before I forget was when we were talking about attachment styles we hear a lot about like secure anxious and avoided but there's also a fourth called disorganized attachment um which so a lot of my work in healing is around um uh caregiver mother wound kind of stuff and I didn't learn about disorganized attachment until I read The Body Keeps the Score, which like I always recommend that book because I love it so much. Anyway, um, but the disorganized attachment is basically like as a, as a baby, if you have a caregiver who is your source of comfort and also abuse, it makes it very confusing for your nervous system. And as you are growing to like, like they don't fit into either box, right? Like they're not... Right biologically you're wired to desire comfort and and um they provide for you right but then in the same on the same token I guess they also hurt you and so I think when we've grown up experiencing that kind of relationship with our parents it makes it easier to to notice that kind of dynamic in other people that we may then mm. think are are candidates for romantic relationships um and I think a lot of that a lot of what we talked about is really just doing excuse me the nervous system 
work, the um, inner work, the self-reflection and awareness, raising that emotional intelligence and emotional acuity to recognize this is what I thought love is. And maybe at the time it served me for X, Y, Z purpose. And now I'm realizing that it's not serving me and this is not the kind of love I want. And now you get to decide what kind of love you are searching for and then like emmy said in addition to not just saying that this is the kind of love but doing the work to be able to receive that is very very important so Mm. awesome yeah thanks for sharing that yeah 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 that's so true like i i can imagine how you know if in this setting of the song if boyfriend number one we should say we could say the past one um exhibited some of that patterning of i love you i love you i love you and i'm hurting you you know like and those things go together and so it's not this like clear-cut evil villain figure as it's basically never is it's it's a combination of love and care and devotion and trauma and pain and heartbreak and betrayal um yeah and then the second one it's not it's not probably overwhelming infatuation love bombing either nor is it the um yeah turmoil trauma and destruction it sounds like man is stable kind respectful has some boundaries you know all good but um yeah it can really mess with a kind of disorganized system that's used to playing that game and is Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to break out of that game so very yeah, much never really you. knowing, never <laughs> really knowing what to expect. Kind of reminds me of that Olivia Rodrigo song. Um, Called you on the phone today. Yeah, this one. Just to ask you how you are. All I did was speak normally. Somehow I still struck a nerve. Uh oh. Got me fucked up in the head, boy. Uh, worse. Myself right so off the gate, Olivia. Like, am I pretty? Am I fun, boy? I hate that I give you power when it kind of stuff. Cause it's always one step uh, forward and three steps back. Leave him. I'm the love of your life until I make you mad. Anyway, okay, wow. yeah, I'm the love Thank of your you. life until I make you mad. That's one fantastic. step forward, one step forward, three steps back by Olivia Rodrigo is like yes. the little sister to this song. It feels like oh, that's great. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause now as we go on that tangent also in dear John by Taylor, it's like, um, Ugh, yeah. Which version of you will I get on the phone tonight? <gasps> yes. All that shit is the worst. Yeah. It is the worst. Mm-hmm. I am never going back. I am never going back. <laughs> like, I just like, that was such a thing for so many years where I'm just like mm-hmm. the, in, the unknowing of like, am I going to get the loving and devoted boyfriend or am I going to get someone mad at me for no fucking reason until I apologize? You know, it's just like never again. <laughs> Speaking of dear John, throwing yeah. this out there as a Delulu Taylor Swift conspiracy, and I didn't do Uh-oh. any research for this, what if that John is the boyfriend number one being talked about Uh-oh. Yeah, in this right. song? Definitely could be. Yeah, it's interesting because it doesn't match the timeline if it's John Mayer, but like if it's not John Mayer, then sure it could be. Regardless, it seems like she's had a bit of a pattern of dating guys like this. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, and it sounds hopefully we can all hope that it, that has been broken. Um, well, anyways, this has been a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for being here. I loved your insights and as always, just fantastic to talk to you. Um, yeah. How about you tell our audience, you know, uh, where they can find you if they want more and where they can find your podcast. Oh yeah. Good, good, good idea. Thank you. Um, and thank you for having me. So you can find yeah. me on Instagram at little bent underscore not broken. And then my podcast is called mental health multiverse and that you can Yay. find that wherever you get your podcast, Pandora, Spotify, <laughs> Apple, iHeartRadio. Um, wow. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, nice. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again uh, for having me. Yeah. This was so fun. And um, I would love if you do an Olivia Rodrigo season, I'd love yes. to come back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a great segue into letting everyone listening know that, yeah, this season is about to be wrapped up. I've decided to close the Taylor Swift season with 13 episodes because 13 is Taylor's like favorite number nice. and the kind of a number associated with her and it just feels <laughs> right. So yeah, we're nearing the end here. And then I, my plan is to branch out and just kind of open it up to any artist, but I'm thinking I might maybe pick a theme. Um, so we'll see. I'll let everyone mm-hmm. know as that happens, but most certainly will I will be analyzing Olivia so we'll definitely have to have you back um as far as uh other updates with me and the podcast um at the time of this recording the holidays are coming up so you know might be kind of slow with posting but it already has been so that's that um if you are looking for any kind of trauma-informed support feel free to head to my website emmymarie.com to see what i have offering right now i've always got my lower cost membership group and one-to-one coaching available and if you resonated with this episode specifically i definitely recommend checking out my empowered relationship assessment to see if trauma or past toxic relationships or anything that had to do with this episode is impacting your current relationships um, and you can get some more support from me in that way so check that out on my website otherwise have a great rest of your day everyone thank you marissa for being here and i'll see you next time on heal and harmony bye